Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today, Trinity Sunday, we end both the season of Pentecost and Easter, and we begin the time after Pentecost. This is the longest season of the church's year, uh, some 24 to 28 weeks, and this will last until Advent, when we begin the whole church cycle over again. Uh, It's important to note when the liturgical season changes, because it gives us a different spiritual focus. For Advent, our spiritual focus is preparation. Lent, the focus is uh, penance, uh, affliction, uh, uh, fasting. For Easter, the focus is joy. Joy over our redemption, uh, the hope of future glory in heaven. Uh, For Pentecost, the spiritual focus is the power of the Holy Ghost, the love of God coming unto us. And so now, the time after Pentecost, what is the spiritual focus? Um, The color for time after Pentecost is green. That's going to give us an indication what, what the focus should be. It's white today because of the Feast of the Trinity. But green represents growth. All the whole next 20-some weeks, we're going to be seeing green on Sundays, unless it's a feast day. Grow. Having been given the Holy Ghost, right? Having been given the love of God, having been redeemed, having been given sanctifying grace, all these things God gave to us at Christmas, uh, at Easter, at Pentecost, what are we going to do with it? What are we going to give back to God? This should be our focus for the time after Pentecost. It doesn't even have a name of its own, right? Because every time we think of it, what's the season? Time after Pentecost. Oh, that's right, Pentecost. The Holy Ghost came to me in confirmation, came to the church. Why? So that we might go out into the world and bring them back to God, bring them back to Christ. This is the, this is the parable of the talents, right? We've been given the talents, like three, one, three, five, of grace, Right? Uh, God gave us, we need to give back to God. That's what he wants from us. So that should be our focus for this season. Time after Pentecost is time to give back to God because of what he's given us. Redemption and grace and so on. Now today's feast, uh, the Feast of the Holy Trinity, is, takes the place of the first Sunday after Pentecost. Right? We're not wearing green today, we're wearing white because of the Feast of the Trinity. Uh, This this was begun in the 14th century by John the 22nd. He's instituted today's feast, honoring each person of the Godhead. Now this, of course, has been understood ever since the the beginning, right? The beginning of the church. But looking at the Bible, we see the progressive manifestation of God to the world. God the creator, right? God the father, his attribute is power. He created the world and everything in it. In the Old Testament, that's what you see. You see power. You see, you know, volcanic mountains. You see fire and brimstone from heaven. You see people getting swallowed in the earth and prophets coming out, uh, fire from heaven, all these things. That's God's power. That's God the Father. In the Gospels, we see God the Son, right? The Word of God. And we see the wisdom of God, uh, uh, never able to be beat by the Pharisees. Uh, the wisdom of God, giving us the Beatitudes, the Ten Commandments, or the um, uh, teaching us to pray, the Our Father, uh, and the wisdom of the crucifixion, 
right? Folly to the world, uh, but the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. The wisdom of God in the person of the Son. Uh, finally, in the Acts of the Apostles, we have the third person of the Trinity uh, manifesting himself, the Holy Ghost, representing God's love, right? Falling down upon the apostles, uh, filling them with zeal, filling them with love of God, and a desire to bring people in. Right? On that first Pentecost, you know, 5,000 were, were brought into the church. Uh, so these, these three persons, right, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, that is the feast for today, and it is fitting it occurs on the first Sunday after Pentecost uh, when uh, the full manifestation of God was given to the world. Now these, and these three attributes of God, uh, which are present in every single person to an equal degree, but, but we, we speak of it as though they each had a particular attribute, that's just our way of understanding it. Uh, God's power, God's wisdom, and God's love these three attributes are sufficient for us to endure anything. They're sufficient for us meditating upon them to overcome any challenge. Uh, because we know by God's power that everything is with, within his control. Nothing happens without the permission of God. And if he wanted to, in an instant, he could turn everything around. And you know, we see... Uh, Week after week, year after year, things are getting worse and worse and worse. And we think, where is God? Why doesn't God do something? We know that he can, by his power. Why doesn't he act? Because of his wisdom. Right? In, in God's wisdom, he always acts in the fullness of time. That's when he sent his only begotten son, in the fullness of time, at exactly, precisely the right moment. Our problem is we want the fullness of time to be right now. And we have to remember, in God's mind, the fullness of time could be a thousand years from now. Right? We don't want to hear that. But that may be true. Uh, and I, I say this all the time, I'll say it again. Um, even if we knew everything happening in the world right now, even if we knew everything that happened in the past, God would still be ahead of us, because he sees everything that will happen in the future. How can we argue with God? Right? That is God's wisdom. His providence is all, all knowledge, right? all seeing. So we know by his power, he can do all things. Uh, we know by his wisdom, he acts in the fullness of time. Uh, even so, we can still feel dejected. I know God can act, I know he will act, but I just feel abandoned right now. I feel like God's not listening, that I, I feel alone. That's when we need to really meditate upon God's love. Right? God loves us more than we could ever imagine. And as Therese of Lisieux says, he never permits unnecessary suffering. The only reason God allows suffering is because somehow, in his wisdom, it's necessary for us or for others. And all we have to do is look at a crucifix, and that answers the question, does God love me? Look at a crucifix. He, didn't do, he did that for me. It wasn't for himself. He didn't need that for himself. He did it for me. God, in fact, he could have forgiven our sins without dying on the cross. He chose to endure that to show us how much he loves us. That's the remedy. That's the remedy for if we doubt the love of God, look at a crucifix. If he suffered that much for me, can I not suffer some of it also for me, for my benefit, my salvation? Hmm. A helpful way to understand God's action in the world is to think of a tapestry. 
A tapestry is a, uh, a mural. It's like made out of uh, threads, different colored threads. And a skilled artist, uh, before they even begin, they have an idea of the, the, the picture they want, to, they want to paint, right, with, with these threads. Uh, a great battle or a significant event, this is what um, they would hang in castles, right, medieval times and so on. Uh, but a tapestry, it, it, it has two sides. The one side is the mural, the one side is the picture, and the other side is the jumbled mess, right, with all those threads going in and out all over the place. Um, so it's only beautiful on one side. Depending on which side you look at it, it either makes perfect sense or no sense whatsoever. This life, our life, this is God's tapestry, right? He's the skilled artist, and before we're even created, he knows this is what I have in mind. This is the work of art that I want to produce, right? And as soon as we have that life of grace in our souls, as soon as we have baptism, he sets to work. And he sets to work making that tapestry of our soul. Uh, and on our side, right, looking at the tapestry from this side, before heaven, it doesn't make much sense. It looks like a jumbled mess. It is not until we die, we go on the other side and we turn around and we see our life from God's perspective. Then it makes sense. Then we say, this is amazing. God, like you're awesome. He says, I know. Right? <laughs> uh, that, that's what it's like. We, we, we really have to think about that. God knows what he is doing. And I tell you, the only way though, this is, this is the, the sad fact, God wants to make our lives beautiful, but the most beautiful threads in that tapestry of our life are often the most painful. And those are the ones that were left up to us, we would take those out. Right? And, and God says, oh, this is going to be awesome. He threads it into our life and we say, nope, God, I don't want that one. And we take it out. That's what happens when we reject suffering, when we reject the circumstances of life, when we get bitter and angry at God, and we start rebelling against circumstances. That's what we're doing. We're taking out the most beautiful parts of our life and saying to God, I don't want it. And he lets us do it. Uh, it's the same way with, with, with what? Sanctifying grace, baptism. Um, every life can be beautiful. Every life is a tapestry. If people reject baptism, if people reject grace, if they die without sanctifying grace, that beautiful story of their life, it doesn't end up in God's castle in heaven, it ends up burned. Right? We can ruin our own uh, life story by rejecting God's will for us, rejecting God's grace. Uh, so that's what I would like us to keep in mind, right? with, with life and with, with, with difficulties and circumstances, is by accepting with resignation what happens around us, all those things I cannot change, uh, I am accepting God's beauty for my life. I got that beautiful story God wants to produce um, because of his power, right? His wisdom and his love, I know it's going to be beautiful. I know it's going to be powerful. I know it's going to be wonderful, but we have to trust that we're only going to understand it on the other side. Uh, if we can do that, we're cooperating. Right? We are um, uh, participating. We're giving back to God of the things he's given us. Right? This season after Pentecost, uh, by um, cooperating with that grace, we go out, we preach the gospel. Uh, we accept what happens to us in resignation. Uh, we show others God's power by living according to his laws, not mine. Uh, we show God's wisdom by agreeing with the teachings of the church. Or we show God's love by loving our neighbor and bringing them into the church. This is how we convert the world. And that's a beautiful life indeed, which you will see on the other side. 
God bless you all in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.